welcome to the Investment Cuddle. I'm Gary, and today on the podcast, we're going to talk about renewable energy. So we've done a series of podcasts on renewable energy. We've covered a broad range of renewable energy funds. We've looked at solar, we've looked at wind technologies. And so before we wrap up this series, we just thought it'd be really useful to actually have a look at bits and pieces out there that we're aware of that are not solar, wind, hydro, and those and those sorts of technologies. So I suppose we could call this podcast not wind, solar, and those other technologies, or we could call it fuel cells et al. It's a little bit of a mix today, but we're trying to, I think, look at the other bits and pieces around renewable energy that are either coming along and are still in development or are kind of functioning and they've proved them, but you know the commercial opportunities are potential, not totally realised. Um, and that's quite difficult because you turn around and say, well, would you really want to be investing in these things? Well, there's a debatable point, but the principle being is that these companies, technologies are available to invest in. So I'll leave you to decide what your strategy is. But as we talked about previously, if you're interested in looking at a systems perspective, so you could look at your wind turbines with hydrogen generation and storage, we've kind of left a few gaps. We've looked at the wind, we've looked at the solar, but we've not looked at these other areas. So that's kind of the technologies we're going to look at today. So as we've said about renewable energy before, there's lots of different sources. But predominantly, we're looking at things which are relating to energy that's derived from natural sources that are able to be replenished. And there's a whole discussion there on that. But that's what we're looking at. We're not looking at fossil fuels, oil and gas, coal, if we're still allowed to use the word coal these days. But that's the energy mix we're looking at is the replenished energy and those energy sources that are plentiful and all around us. So the technologies, we've talked about quite a few on this podcast in the last few episodes. But what I think we just want to look at is a few other technologies. So the first one we'll look at then is fuel cells. So if anybody watched or has watched Apollo 13 or Planet of the Apes, the one, the remake, the first, the first Planet of the Apes remake, it's usually the fuel cells that blow up. But it makes good. It's good Good in Hollywood. In reality, these things blowing up is not great for your investment returns. <laughs> so if you want a bit of entertainment, then watch Apollo 13 or The Planet of the Apes, the one with Mark Wahlberg in, I think, and Helena Bonham Carter. Yeah. Anyway, I've said about that. So fuel cells. A fuel cell uses chemical energy. could be hydrogen or other fuels to cleanly and efficiently produce electricity. If hydrogen is the fuel, the only byproducts or the only products out of that are electricity, water, and heat. So you put in oxygen, you put in hydrogen, H2, and an O gives you water. So if you've ever seen the fuel cell vehicles where someone's putting a glass at the exhaust pipe and there's water coming out, moisture, and they go, oh, isn't that great? Not really if you're using a steel exhaust pipe. Because ultimately you're going to get an awful lot of corrosion. Anybody leaves a car lying around for any period of time and starts it up, you get a plume of water vapor coming out the back. 
you're probably going to go through exhaust a lot quicker, but that's that's a side issue. So fuel cells work a bit like batteries, but they don't they don't run down or need recharging because you're pre- replenishing that oxygen and fuel both sides of the cell. So they don't run out, but without the fuel, they don't work. So, um, but a fuel cell consists of two electrodes. For those of you that like the the detail, we've got a negative or anode electrode and a positive electrode, the cathode. And these are sandwiched between an electrolyte. And if you've got hydrogen, it's fed into the anode and it is fed into the cathode. And a hydrogen fuel cell, they use a catalyst at the anode, which separates the hydrogen molecules into protons and electrons, which take different paths to the cathode. The electrons go through an external circuit. So that's your electrons, for those of you that remember your physics, and create the circuit or the flow of electricity. So protons migrate, as we said, across the electrolyte to the cathode where they are then reunited with the oxygen and the electrons to produce water and heat. So that's kind of a fuel cell. I, I liken fuel cells to, now can we, we, could, we could talk about ice cream, slight diversion here, but Neapolitan ice cream. So any of you that like ice cream, you might not be a fan of Neapolitan. It's quite traditional if you were of a certain age, you got uh, probably vanilla or you got Neapolitan, which is chocolate, strawberry and vanilla. And when you look at a fuel cell, the thing you're trying to do all the time is to keep the chocolate, the strawberry, and the vanilla as separate layers. So think of those as the anode, cathode, and electrolyte. Obviously, electrolyte sandwiched by. So you could have your, let's say your electrolyte is, is strawberry. Your cathode is chocolate. That means your anode is then vanilla. But what happens if you leave your ice cream out for a period of time? Well, it melts. So you end up with a gooey mess which if you mixed it all together, it would be a kind of lighter brown than you started with on the chocolate side because all the strawberry and the vanilla will just mix in together. So that's called diffusion. But what you're trying to do with the fuel cell is keep those layers apart. And over time, natural process of diffusion means things migrate as well as protons, electrons, etc., and you end up with a gooey mess and the thing doesn't work anymore. So they have a lifetime. They're also, in my opinion, quite expensive. Most of the fuel cells require precious metals. So there's another debate there. If you want to invest in renewable technology, why don't you go and buy miners? Looking at platinum group metals, but that's probably a discussion for another podcast. But that's another thing, go and buy the elements that go into these things rather than maybe the manufacturers. But that's you know, that's a commodities discussion. So that's a little bit about fuel cells. Electrolyzers. If you've heard anything about hydrogen, you've probably heard a little bit about electrolysis or electrolyzers. Electrolyzers are widely used already. Certainly, the technology is used in the chloride alkaline industry to produce chlorine and sodium hydroxide. In this sector, there's already installed capacity in excess of 20 gigawatts. So, this isn't a new technology. And as we said, the fuel cells isn't either because they were using them on the Apollo missions back in the 60s and 70s. For those of you in the UK, you go to the Leicester Space Museum, which is a fantastic one around. You can actually see the fuel cells there, as, uh, along with a load of rockets that the, the British put together in uh, well, way back when. But it's an interesting day out. So, yeah, back to electrolyzers. <laughs> electrolyzers are a critical technology for the production of low emission hydrogen for renewable or nuclear electricity. Electrolysis capacity for dedicated hydrogen production is kind of where, where this is going. So obviously, as we said, you've got energy coming in from a renewable source. You use an electrolyzer and you can produce fuel. 
hydrogen that would then end up with water as a byproduct. So you can kind of see the system here. So alkaline and polymer exchange membrane electrolyzers, not too dissimilar to the fuel cell technology, really. They're already commercially available. Alkaline electrolyzers, big, heavy, bulky things. Essentially, they're talking about batteries like battery technology, really. So if anybody of a certain age had milk delivered on a milk float, electric milk floats, that was the kind of technology, not electrolyzer, but a battery, alkaline batteries. All of this stuff is, is, is very similar technology in my, in my mind. And as I say, alkaline is therefore described as the more mature technology, but also it's big and bulky and it's got chemicals in it and all that sort of thing. So the environmental aspects of that are up for debate, in my opinion. With a long, they've got a long history of being deployed in the chloroalkali industry, as we said. The solid oxide electrolyzers, not unlike the solid oxide fuel cells, is a technology that's under demonstration. And we'll come back to fuel cells and that sort of technology in a little while. So those two are the technologies that we've talked about. There are other things as well, as we've said. At the, at the, we talked about in the first podcast the different technologies. There's a few there that we've discussed and we haven't really covered ways of investing in those like geothermal. Personally, I find that really difficult one to get my head around in terms of how you do that in terms of from an investment point of view. I mean, if you are interested, Robert Friedland has an, a mining company called Ivanhoe. So they're looking at geothermal energy product production. And that's a really interesting concept. He's been interviewed on macro voices podcast which we uh, we like macro voices and what they do so go and listen to that one if you're interested in geothermal you'll get an, an appreciation of what technologies are required to drill into hot rock and where they're at in terms of moving that technology forward energy storage we'll talk a little bit about as well today and the other side of, of things that we haven't really talked about is fuels and so if you believe in these alternative fuels, biofuels, then there are a number of ways of investing into that. But I think we'll leave that for another discussion um, and try and wrap that perhaps up into a non-renewable podcast on energy. So talking about if you hang on the coattails of the existing oil and gas companies and what they're doing on the renewable side, is that a good way of managing the energy transition? So we'll cover that then. So let's say you want to go and invest in some of these technologies. We talked about the fuel cells. We talked about the electrolyzers. So there's a number of companies out there. Fuel Cell Energy is an American company. There's one in the UK called Series Power. They've got agreements and are working with people like Bosch. So not an insignificant relationship there. There's Plug Power also over in, uh, in the US. ITM Power, they make electrolyzers. They're based in the UK. Both Series and ITM are on the AIM stock market. So that's for small companies, essentially. And then we've got the opportunities to invest directly in hydrogen and energy storage. So we'll talk about a few funds there as well. So we're going to take a little bit of a run through those companies. Not going to dig into them too much. I'll put links into the show notes so you can look at this into in more. You can look at this in more detail 
if you wish, or decide what you want to do in terms of how you are going to invest in renewable technology and energy. Right, so let's have a look at some of these companies and funds we talked about. So quite a few to look at here. I'll put the details in the show notes. And as we say, that'll allow you to have a look at any ones that you think might be of interest. But we'll start with Fuel Cell Energy Inc. So they are 950 million market capitalization. What can we say about Fuel Cell Energy? They have been around a little while. And when I say a little while, I was involved with a solid oxide fuel cell project many moons ago. I won't tell you exactly how long ago. Too long ago, really. They were around then. And I think it's probably fair to say that the story with fuel cells, from my perspective, and this is very much a personal view, so take this as it's intended. It's just, just a personal opinion for which you can thoroughly ignore, is the fact that fuel cells are a technology that work. They are a technology that in certain applications are very useful. But again, in my view, they are expensive, don't last as long as ideally you'd like them to, and use resources that you probably would like to see alternative materials developed for, such as platinum, palladium, those kind of materials, you know, the rare earth and and platinum group metals. So fuel cell energy is one opportunity. As I say, they're well established. I am not going to say any more about them than that. So let's have a look at another one, plug power. Plug Power Inc. Sorry, I should have said the ticker on Fuel Cell Energy Inc. was FCEL. And so for Plug Power, the ticker is Plug, P-L-U-G. So if you look at those guys over, in terms of comparison to Fuel Cell Energy, Plug Power are an almost 5 billion, billion with a B, dollar market cap. They have relationship with Johnson Maffey. They are, again, as I say, they've been around as long as I've been involved with fuel cells, which is is a long time. So there's two well-established companies there in terms of from a US perspective or a North America perspective. The other one we haven't really mentioned here is Ballard Technologies there, fuel cell technology, they're Canadian. And their technology is well established as well. So I think if anybody's seen the recent train demonstrations that have, that have been done in the UK, where they've used pretty much uh, a mixture of hydrogen fuel cell battery that used a Ballard fuel cell, I believe. Again, uh, for me, that's a that's an interesting demonstrator. How that would work in practice is is a, is a debatable point, but I think that's an, an interesting example of where fuel cells are being applied amongst certainly hydrogen, fuel, and then battery storage, etc. So the the other the third company is Series Power. So the ticker on that is CWR. So Series again are a company that have been around a little while. Um, certainly twenty years plus as a business. 
spin out from Imperial College in the UK. So they're, they're a UK-based company. They have links with, as I say, people like Bosch. So I was at a show recently where Bosch had a stand and they were showing off their fuel cell system. That was a series power technology. These guys are a £700 million market cap company. As I say, they're on the AIM stock market in the UK. And I think with with these guys, certainly as, as, a, as a fuel cell companies, they're all, they've all peaked in terms of price and have all been on a fairly steady decline in terms of price. And I think with, you know, let's just say, just for fun, we'll look at how they've got on recently. So the best performing is Series Power. So they are down, let's say, since the beginning of the year, about 5% at the time of recording this. Plug Power come in second. They are down 36% over that same period. And Fuel Cell Energy are in third place, down about 43%. So any of these companies at the moment that you would look at, you've got to see what the upside is. And obviously in, in, in this energy mix, there's got to be a place for fuel cell technology. And there is already lots and lots of fuel cell demonstration, equipment, vehicles. But as I say, for me, it comes down to reliability and cost. And I think these are quite expensive. I think there needs to be some radical shift in material type and lifetime to enable that. But again, I probably know too much about this technology to give you a balanced view. <laughs> in fact, the health warning here is I can't give you a balanced view. So let's move on to a company where they are making electrolyzers, predominantly for the generation of hydrogen and hydrogen then being used for transport. So ITM Power, based in the UK, on the AIM stock exchange. They're based in Yorkshire and have been involved with all sorts of things in terms of demonstration of this technology. I think it's fair to say they have been involved with buses, providing electrolyzer stations for buses and France and many other applications but they have continued to grow in terms of expansion. They are currently about £470 million market cap. And I should probably point out the fact that, you know, I, I often use the, the D word, the dividend word on a regular basis because, we you know, on the show we love a dividend and we love a growing dividend. None of these guys are paying dividends in the fuel cell or the electrolyzer businesses that we've talked about which I don't like, but I also wouldn't want them to be paying dividends out of money that they've raised as part of their development activities because giving money away when you're trying to develop technology and grow the business is not always the smartest move. So we have to take a step back here and look at some of the other factors involved because normally we're looking at investment trusts that will pay dividends. And especially, I think, with these 
technology companies, which is what I'm going to class them as, in a higher rate environment where they may well have significant amounts of debt, this whole thing becomes a lot more challenging because you have to roll your debt and you're probably going to have to pay a higher rate to roll that debt over. We're in different times to how we've been over the last decade or more for these guys and how they're going to manage their businesses going forward because everybody wants the renewable technology everybody wants this this to move but in majority of cases will come at a higher operating cost and purchase cost for anybody wanting to do that and in this environment i would say the business case for this sort of stuff is becoming more and more challenging which probably sounds like I'm painting this as a really bad idea. I don't I don't think I am. I think it's just you've got to be realistic about where we are now compared to how where we have come from in the macro environment. So you know we like um Keith McCullough's hedge eye. They do a fantastic and phenomenal amount of work on the macro side. And you've got to look as Keith said, it we're we're it's always always a cycle. And you need to know where you are on that cycle. And we know we're in slightly more challenging times at the moment. And that that's where these businesses have got to be dynamic enough to stay afloat and continue to grow their activities. So I think from uh, ITM Power point of view, over the same period that we've talked about with the fuel cell companies, they are down 14%. And I think they were viewed have been viewed certainly if you read things like investors chronicle or money week as you know the standout technology companies in the uk for this kind of stuff series power itm power we don't have too many of those companies in the uk certainly not on the stock stock exchange or stock market so these these are where it's at for those for those areas anyway so slim pickings from my point of view from a uk technology point of view if you are interested in getting into this technology the u.s has much more more well-established companies and bigger companies based on market capitalization anyway so let's look at some hydrogen funds next so obviously we've talked about the devices that would generate the energy as we've said they need to be supplied with fuel or in the case of the electrolyzers, they need to be supplied with material that will then produce the fuel. So the hydrogen ones we're going to look at, we'll start with an ETF, which is Legal and General's Hydrogen Economy UCITS ETF. The ticker on that is HTWG. It's HTWG. So this is obviously a hydrogen fund. The breakdown in terms of where they invest is about a quarter of the fund is based in the US, then about 14% is in Japan, 12% Korea, so be South Korea, 10% in the UK, 8% in Germany, and then a little bit in France, China, Ireland, Norway. So that's the jurisdiction. I should say the China element's about 6% on their latest fact sheet. Where are they investing in terms of sectors? 
Industrials is more than half of the fund. 30% materials, and then you've got consumer discretionary information technology and utilities. And as we said, you look at that and say, well, actually, interestingly, they give you a currency breakdown, and more than a third of the fund is US dollar, the rest is Euro, Japan, and a few others, as we talked about the jurisdictions. So in terms of top 10, they are investing in Siemens Energy, Air Liquide, you've probably heard of those, gas company, Hyundai, Nippon, Doosan Fuel Cells, Lind, that's interesting. Lind are tying up a series power, so there's a link there. Kyocera. I know those are, those guys as a ceramics company and a bit of Johnson Matthey as well. So you can see the links there between materials, gases, and energy. So you get quite a mix there if you want to do if you if you want to get into hydrogen, that's probably not a bad breakdown of companies. And you turn around and think, well, okay, it's an ETF. So the ongoing charges on that are 0.49%. So high for an ETF, but not particularly high for a specific, you know, very specific ETF. So the market cap on this fund is $538 million. So that's a reasonable size fund, not huge for an ETF, but we are looking at a very specific area here with that. So that was legal and general ETF, hydrogen economy, HTWG. So the next one we want to look at is also an ETF, which is the VANEC ETF. So it's VANEC hydrogen economy ETF. So this is also the base currency is dollars. Well, the market cap capitalization is a hundred million dollars. Fees on this are slightly higher at 0.55%. Relatively new fund launched in 2021. See the information you can get when you've got the fact sheet in front of you that actually gives you some useful information. <laughs> They're all laid out differently. Just love this industry for uh, for laying out their information clearly and concisely for us private investors. Always appreciated. So the ticker on this is Hydro, not not with a Y. H D R O is the ticker. It's quite clever, that isn't it? Hydro. You pronounce it Hydro, but it's got no Y in it. Don't know how else you'd pr- pronounce that. But but yeah. So this this ETF's got twenty six holdings. It's got just under 30% in the US, 17% in the UK, 12% in France and Norway, a bit in Japan, South Korea and Canada. So similar jurisdictions to the previous one. But these guys, they've got more, so they're top 10 holdings. These guys have got more with Air Liquide, Lind, PLC, which we talked about earlier, the links with Series Power. Air Products and Chemicals, Mitsubishi Chemical Holdings, Bloom Energy, Plug Power, Ballard Power Systems, Disson Fuel Cell, Series Power Holdings. So what I think we're saying here is unless you want to go for a specific company and you know the technology you're interested in, you can go and get yourself an ETF. 
and it will it's already buying some of these companies that we talked about from a fuel cell perspective. Not seen anybody owning ITM power yet in terms of one of these ETFs, but they are quite small. And why you wouldn't get involved with an electrolysis company, I don't know, but you'd have to ask the fund managers about that. So that's an interesting breakdown of that fund, from my perspective anyway. Similarities to the legal and general one. This one's slightly more expensive in terms of expense ratio or fees, but I quite like this one. This one looks like it's doing interesting stuff in terms of who it's buying. But again, just my opinion. You'll have to look at these things and make make the decision for yourself. So one more hydrogen fund here. So we've got, excuse me, hydrogen one, capital growth PLC or HGEN is the ticker on that, HGEN. So this is a really interesting fund from my perspective it's an investment trust and is involved with all sorts of things so again this is a relatively new fund launched in 2021 so market capitalization relatively small but some of these investment trusts are it's a 73 million pound market capitalization they've deployed 100 million pounds worth of capital into low carbon growth so what are they up to so we look at jurisdiction they have 55% of their holdings in the UK followed by Germany at 26% the Netherlands at 13 a little bit in Scandinavia so predominantly a european fund and mostly a uk fund and when you look at the themes that they're invested in 58% they're classed as supply chain Storage and distribution is 26% and then 8% in both hydrogen applications and hydrogen production. So, again, it's not a huge amount in hydrogen production and applications, but supply chain, I'm guessing, is a bit like with those other ETFs, things that, I'm not guessing, but it's things that support the hydrogen economy as it develops. So they have made a number of private investments which if you're interested in those, go and read the fact sheet because it gives them in intimate detail. But what I will do is just pick out one that I thought was interesting is the Cranfield Aerospace Solutions Limited. So that's based in the UK. It's called a hydrogen flight innovator. So HGen has invested 1.4 million in the first tranche of a 14 million pound round of funding. And the people involved with that are Safran Corporation Ventures and the Strategic Development Fund. So Safran, for those of you that are not aware, is a French aerospace company. I'm sure that's not all they do, but that's the bit I'm aware of. But the proposed investment there is all around hydrogen and aerospace, which is where I will leave that discussion because I struggle a little bit. With hydrogen in aerospace, but again, I as I say, I think with with these kind of technologies and these kind of applications, because I've been involved with hydrogen technologies in the past, I'm not being very balanced here. So I will keep my opinions to the bare minimum. But that's a really interesting investment trust for me. 
looks like they are speculating in, in what I would class as speculation or investing in a number of interesting opportunities. And if you wanted to take that approach, I think this is a really interesting investment trust. We like investment trusts anyway. It's a way of buying into things that you would never normally get access to, but they get them wrapped up and you pay you know, a little bit extra in terms of fees that you than you would through an ETF. But I think that's okay from my perspective, because let's be honest, if you're interested in this technology, that could be really a really good way of doing it. But in terms of fees, you are probably going to pay a couple of percent in terms of charges, whereas the ETFs we know are less than a percent, certainly some, some cases less than a half a percent. So last, but by no means least, is something on energy storage. So Gresham House. So we'll look at Gresham House Energy Storage Fund. And the ticker on that is GRID, G-R-I-D. That's G-R-I-D. So market cap on this fund is £900 million. But net assets of about £800 million. Ongoing charges for that fund are just over 1%, almost 1.2%. This is in the specialist sector, like we could say with all of these. They are not your standard tech companies or whatever you ask want to look at. But this is a closed-ended fund, so investment trust. As we said, reasonably big. They pay a dividend of just over 4%. See, it's about my interest straight away. <laughs> Specialist trust paying a dividend. So they started paying by the looks of it, certainly a few years ago. They have, in the most part, grown their dividend up to the current year. But again, dividends are never guaranteed. So, as I say, dividends are discretionary. Is that the right word? Interesting fund here. These guys are predominantly based in the UK, so that's England and Scotland. They've got a little bit of proposed facility in the Republic of Ireland. So, as we know, Republic of Ireland is still part of the European Union, so we can't class that as UK. Well, we won't class it. That isn't UK, but nothing beyond the borders of. Ireland there. It looks all like all, all all of it is based in England, Scotland and Ireland. So that's really interesting from a perspective that they've got lots of installed capacity. So it looks like they are continuing to install renewable capacity. So if you want to get into energy storage, that's one example. I'm sure there are many others that we haven't covered here today. But I just felt like we wanted to look at some alternative technologies away from solar and wind with something on the fuel side. And hydrogen's just a really hot topic at the moment, no pun intended there. And you've got a little bit of energy storage, which, let's face it, you produce all this renewable energy. You've got to try and store some of it because the wind doesn't always blow and the sun doesn't always shine. So in this energy mix, you need the energy storage. And this is one way in a specialist investment trust to do that. 
and for something where we're actually getting a dividend, which we like. So, yeah, grid. So that's your Gresham House Energy Storage Fund PLC. G-R-I-D was the ticker on that one. So as we've done with the others, just for fun, in the same reporting period we talked about for the fuel cells and the electrolyzer companies, the legal in general, hydrogen economy fund is down about 2%, followed by Vanek hydrogen economy, which was hydro, H-D-R-O was the ticker on that one. That's down about 13%. And then hydrogen one, capital growth, the investment trust, H-G-E-M was the ticker on that, is down 28%. So, yes, and Gresham House is pretty much evens. Prices fluctuated, but in terms of where, where we've been since the inception of the year, it really hasn't gone anywhere. So I think the overall summary on those is that had you invested at the beginning of the year in, in some of these areas, you might have broken even or you'd be down either a little bit or quite a lot. But I think, as we said, that's the nature of the market at the moment. We're kind of in a bear market and companies that are burning cash or not paying dividends are kind of in the growth area are having a tough, tougher time than the value stocks, certainly in terms of most of the people that we listen to and take notice of, is that there is space to grow in the growth areas and the value areas are slightly more challenging. But yeah, value is having a little bit of a return. So hopefully that's given you a sense of fuel cell companies, something around electrolysis, some fuel funds there in the hydrogen space and some energy storage. So as I said, we'll put the information in the show notes. So if there's anything that I have talked over, mumbled, you can pick up that information without waiting, rewind. But again, I think, as we said, you look at some of the funds we've already talked about and some of the specialist things we've looked at today. If you want to be in the renewable energy area, having that balanced approach, you know, we said no more than three to five percent in any one company, less than 15 percent in any sector. So if you looked at your portfolio and went, I want to get into the energy space, have a look at how that would work, perhaps across you know, fuel, bit of technology and maybe some some that have just got lots of installed capacity, pay a bit of a dividend, and let's let's see where they go to. It's a it's an interesting area. It's an area that I, that is very topical. It's also got a lot of incentives in and around it from government, etc. So as long as those continue, that's a positive for the industry. Whilst they are finding their feet longer term, you just want to see how these businesses will be able to stand on their own two feet and make money. Hence, then you end up with dividends and returns on capital. So, as we said, health warning here is it's a very whistle stop tour of a few of these companies. You want to find out a bit more, have a look for yourself. And we'll just say thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time. This programme has been presented for information and educational purposes only.
None of the information or content of the programme is to be taken as an offer, opinion or recommendation by the programme's hosts or guests to buy or sell securities. Nor is it intended to provide legal, tax, accounting, commercial or financial advice. Opinions and comments are based on information from sources believed to be reliable. All investing involves risk as prices go up or down based on a number of factors. Always consider consulting a financial professional before investing.